I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. Hey. Hello. How's it going? It is going. It is not going as well as it is in the village of Midwich, I don't believe. No, uh, something is afoot in this village, right? Yes, it is a village of the damned, in fact. <laughs> I suppose you could say. If the title is to be believed. I don't know if you want to trust that. An aptly titled film, if you will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a village, and they're damned. So, yeah, yes. <laughs> there That's, you go. <laughs> uh, tells you everything you need to know. That's all you need. <laughs> Although they don't tell you that all of the kids are um, wearing wigs that look like Angelian from It's a Living. <laughs> I don't remember that being a part of the marketing. No, I don't think they really. Me. Yeah, they, they didn't play in that too far in advance, but it's uh, it, it just it plays up the just the inherent camp of this film that is very fun. There and, is some camp. There is a little bit yeah. of camp in this. It, yeah. There's quite a lot actually. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was very surprised. There is there's plenty to dig into this with this one. Mm -hmm. Lots of stuff. Because going on. it is week three of our remakes are us month. Woo! It is. We are still watching these remakes. We are still <laughs> having some questions, but we, uh, we we're, we're, we keep going. Um, <laughs> we we're finally out of the two thousands today. We are. We're back in the nineties. You know, back when in the nineties, life was sweet. Folks, you know, Chris picked the film from last week, so I picked this one, and mm -hmm. I hadn't seen this in a while, and this was a first watch for you, right? It was. I had seen clips uh, at my grandparents' house when it was a a network television premiere back in the mm, day. Nice, I rem yes. remember that vividly, and they were watching it for some reason. So I saw, like, a few little bits, but I never saw more than that, I, I don't think. So this was all new. I've never seen the original I'm ashamed, but I have not. So I was completely blind coming into this. So I am unbiased. I'm going to tell you like it is. Yeah, it's a film that I have some nostalgic attachment to. Uh, I saw it at a pretty young age. My babysitter that I used to go to had a teenage son. So I would a lot of times sneak in and watch horror films with him. He was kind of an older brother type figure. And yeah, I really like it. I don't know. I felt an attachment to this film as a kid. I watched it a lot. Um, I think partly because of the kid featured kid characters in it and i think that's partly why i love like child's play as well um with andy and everything else chucky used to scare the shit out of me as a kid oh it's um, terrifying terrifying yeah so yeah it was interesting to go back because it had been several years since i had watched this and i also went back and watched the original just to have some frame of reference for that too so um if i see some differences i'll note those as we go along um, it's a pretty straightforward remake, though. I was surprised. There are a few little shifts here and there, but um, I don't think Carpenter wanted to get too creative with uh, bringing this into the 90s or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. Because I don't think that really became like a huge thing until like the 2000s, where they were like, okay, let's really revamp this and make this kind of different, you know? But yeah, what is the film we're covering, Chris? Village of the Damned. Ooh. I mean, that just... That title scares me. Like we said, yeah, it, it says it all, yeah. And I, I think, you know, like you said when we were talking about Orphan a couple uh, episodes back, uh, what I like about this film is that everyone is playing everything so damn seriously. 
mm-hmm. that just plays up the sort of inherent camp value of it because the the plot is just ridiculous, right? And <laughs> the script is not stupid. particularly good. Like it's uh <laughs> I heard that it was originally written by David Himmelstein and then John Carpenter didn't like it, so he went through and pretty much rewrote the whole thing. And you know, as I, I was watching the original 1960 version too, I was just surprised that I expected that one to be very sort of self-serious and um, not too "quote unquote" fun. Because I don't, mm-hmm. as I had seen clips from the original, that just seemed like that's what it was. But that one was actually kind of more fun than this one was, which surprised mm-hmm. me. This one is is fun, but almost unintentionally at times. I feel like you know, I feel like right. he was playing this pretty seriously. Um, oh, maybe yeah. a few moments where. Um, he was playing into the self-awareness, but, uh, and the film wasn't very successful at the box office. Um, I think it was a pretty much a failure. Critic reviews were more negative than not. Um, although there were some defenders. Um, I think the biggest complaint was that it didn't really do much to update the original. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think what surprised me the most is that this was rated R and there's like no blood in the movie. That is weird. I'm like, why is this rated R? I don't even think yeah. anyone says, like, fuck. I was like, I don't right. know. Like, there's that one bit where the, like, handyman jumps on the car, but it's so quick that I feel like with, like, maybe a few frames cut out, it could have been PG-13. I'm like, why wouldn't you just go ahead and, like, bite the bullet and just make it PG-13? Because there's not that much there. Right. That... It's weird. I was like, that yeah, even like in that, that would have made like... more money. Yeah, even in the Kirstie Alley scene, like, I don't remember. Is there you blood? Don't see anything, no, no. I didn't think so, yeah. Like, you hear it, and the sound effects are actually pretty gross, but, like, it's just, yeah. it's mostly on her reaction shot. And so mm-hmm. that's that's why I was like, wait, wait, were they intending on this to be PG 13? Or, did, like, and they, I, it's just weird. But then I kind of feel the same way about the fog. I'm like, why is this rated R? <laughs> like, I never right. understood that. The MPAA is very, very weird. Yeah, it's always hard to know what they were thinking and why they made the decisions yeah. they did. Maybe because it does have to do with kids. So that I, was that's what I was thinking. Part yeah, of it too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this uh, the original anyway feels very formative for like a lot of the kiddie films that follow too. Like with mm-hmm. you know the Omen and Children of the Corn for sure. Like this, mm-hmm. even this version has like a ton of Children of the Corn vibes um, to it. So I wouldn't be surprised if Stephen King was influenced by the original film um for that story but who knows what else was okay yeah i think this is the first film we've covered from the early 90s um, oh yeah i guess it I, is. I guess 95 counts as the early 90s i i count anything pre-scream i guess because that's yeah because that's when cut like, off there yeah horror kind of got like cool again for like a year or two and you know and then kind of yeah dropped dropped off again and then came back and dropped off it, it's it, it always seems to go in a in a kind of a cycle you know it's weird it does yeah, for any youngins, you know, the early 90s were a different beast from the late 90s. Uh, it mm-hmm. was really kind of earthy and grungy and experimental and, like, anti-government, anti-consumerism. Uh, a lot of flannel and denim, right? Oh, a lot. A whole lot. So much denim. Denim. Um, uh, I think, like, My So-Called Life and um, Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill came out this same year. Mm. Uh and then you contrast that with the late 90s and the early 2000s, which we've talked about, you know, very clean and sleek and, like, overprocessed and almost, yeah. like, futuristic at times. I always mm-hmm. think of, like, the Britney Spears, like, leather pants and, uh, <laughs> like, blonde highlights for guys and oh, colored God, tops yeah. and that WB era, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, that's... Yeah. 
taken me back. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's going back. Yeah. And I think the the horror films from the early '90s you know, we've talked about a little bit were kind of the same way. They were kind of grungy and experimental for the most part. Um, this one's a little cleaner than some of the other ones, but uh, you know, I was trying to think. I, I made that list on, on Instagram of just like films from the like 1990. They're turning 30 this year, and I didn't realize like there's some really good ones that um, yeah, deserve. I, I think a lot of people, for some reason pretend like horror just didn't exist at all from like 1988 to like 1996 i'm like no there's quite a few really good ones out there you just have to look for them yeah you know they weren't coming out like every week but a lot of the ones that did come out were actually pretty good right and, and my theory behind that is i think that slashers were just such a huge force in the you know early to mid 80s that mm-hmm the people who drive this narrative are saying like, well, you know, horror was pretty much dead by the early nineties. And it's like, well, maybe there weren't a lot of great slashers, but yeah. there were, you know, some other types of, you know, horror that were doing some cool things. Yes. Expand um, your minds, break down yeah. those brick walls break inside of your minds. And... <laughs> oh, that brick wall. Yes. We'll, we'll get into it, but yeah. Break it down. Because, uh, yeah, we talked about some of the, the other good ones from this era. But, you know, there was, like, Misery and Silence of the Lambs and The Exorcist yeah. 3 and Jacob's Ladder. and. But wait, uh... Kevin, those are psychological thrillers. <laughs> it, it, Yeah, it's such a weird time for, for that. Um, because, like, even the ones that were calling themselves horror had a psychological bent to them. Like mm-hmm. Jacob's Ladder yeah. and um, Candyman, I would say, you know, it's about, like, She's a psychologist, right? She's studying. Well, she's, like a, well, she's just she's a graduate a student, right? Grad student. I guess she's yeah. studying. I mean, she's studying folklore. What would that make her? Like right. Anthropologist? Her, I don't know. What is she? What that's is she right. Doing? I don't know. Her partner is a psych. <laughs> what is her? Is her partner a psychologist? What is Bernadette. Yeah, Bernadette is. Wait, shit. I, yeah. I, I mean, she's doing the same thing, so they must be in this together. Is it like a group yeah. project? I don't know. Yeah. Man, I need to rewatch Candyman. I need to rewatch um, Candyman. It's great. Too. It's like it's like one of my favorites from the era, and yet it's so good. Like, the details are like escaping me here. Um, yeah. And like um, in the Mouth of Madness, that has a very psychological aspect, and New oh, Nightmare has a psychological aspect. It's like it was just it's kind true. of the thing. Um, yeah, you know, I I think the '90s was just I. It was a time when they were kind of making horror for people who maybe wouldn't usually go see a horror film, like because they were a little that's sm- true. smarter. I don't know where this one falls in, but it's it's not. I mean, it's obviously not a slasher movie, but yeah. it's it's trying to do something that's a little more adult. It's an all adult cast for the most part, but I mean, besides the kids, of course. But you know, so it's got that kind of maturity. I I I, I think that's the word is maturity. The nineties yeah. had sort of mature horror, and then Scream kind of brought it back to the kids in a way. That's true. Very true. And we talked about, like, you know, while some of these horror films were happening in the early 90s, you also had the erotic thrillers, which were kind of uh, bringing it back to kind of uh, home life as well. Oh, they're um, my favorite. I love them so much. Yeah, they're so great. <laughs> this one is trying to tap into, like, some of that X-Files um, a boom that had started in the early 90s with, like... Mm-hmm. Um, Body Snatchers 93 we talked about and like Fire in the Sky. There were like a couple films in there that seemed like they were trying to tap into this government paranoia um, and everything else. Because in the original film, and this is, folks, I hope you've watched this film because we're going to spoil, you know, um, 
this one. Uh, this is not really a big spoiler from the original, but like um, they leave it ambiguous, like what these kids are. Uh, and there's a couple competing theories. One theory is that they are a product of evolution, suddenly jumping forward. So they're basically X-Men. And the other theory is that potentially aliens have like shot like some sort of uh, like beam of light through space or something and it hits Earth to uh, jumpstart a new sort of race or something. It's, it's, it's left pretty ambiguous though. They don't ever tell you. Whereas in this film, I feel like it's pretty obvious by the end. Um, Once you see the little baby, like it's fairly clear what's happening here. (laughs) Fucking baby. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. (laughs) And I found a couple quotes by John Carpenter. um, that kind of explain what his thought process was. And he's like, it's funny, but in all the drafts of the script I read, everybody was trying to do a different thing with this. Um, they avoided it being about alien visitation, uh, which come on guys, it's the story now. So it's out there. So again, I think he was trying to tap into um, that uh, big alien renaissance in this early nineties uh, with like X-Files and everything. Um, because again, in the original, like it's not really clear that they are aliens and I kind of like it better that way. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of I could, I could see it being really fascinating, you know, where they're they're just not really quite sure what happened, and these kids yeah. are just sort of born without empathy. Like, I think that's kind of fascinating in a way. Uh, it's kind of a darker interpretation. I think the whole like alien thing kind of makes it seem well. And, and then there there was a movie called Bloody birthday from like 81 yes, yes, the 80s yeah that yeah. is like all these kids were born like on on like an eclipse or something and that's why they're evil or right s- like something. astrology and, and it's yeah. like it's it's kind of wonky too but at the same time like to me that's kind of scarier that it's 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 a little more mysterious that makes sense. Whereas, yeah. like, with this film, it's like, you know, then they go down to the lab and you see the alien baby. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of cute. And you're like, hey, right. alien baby, <laughs> I want to play with you. And it's it gets a little goofy. But at the same yeah. time, it makes it a little more fun, too. So I don't know. I'm so torn. It does give it kind of a B-movie vibe more yeah. so. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that either. It's... Um, it's it's again. This is a film that is hard for me to separate from nostalgia. So that's why I was interested to get your opinion on this. I'm like, is this a film that I should like? And I think so. Um, I think it is. Look, I had a great yeah. time with this movie. I enjoyed it from beginning to end. So you know good. what? I think you're on the right track. Okay, good. <laughs> As your life coach, I'm just gonna say you're on the right track. <laughs> that's what I come to you for every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I should not be a life coach. That would be disastrous. <laughs> <laughs> like, until you well, respect uh, Village of the Damned, you are living yeah, your yeah. worst life. <laughs> uh, take two pills and go watch Village of the Damned and uh, call me next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, I know you sound really depressed, but have you seen Pieces? Yeah. <laughs> 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 It is virtually impossible to be sad once you've seen it, pieces. Nope. Nope. <laughs> she's a tennis player, but she's also a detective. And uh, I, I, I have so many questions. Casanova. It's so good. Yeah. Everything in that movie yeah. is wonderful. I can't. <laughs> it's great. We're gonna, we're, we'll cover it someday. I don't know. One day. When, one day. One day. 
well, let's let's close our eyes and we're gonna we're gonna astral project ourselves to oh. the quiet little coastal town of Midwich, California. Midwich, California. I like Midwich. It. I love it. California, here we come. We come right back where we started from. California. I tracked down the OC, so maybe I'll start that Ooh. at some point here. Okay, now that I'd like to hear from you about. But you know what you did not tell me? The first season has 27 fucking episodes. It like, is the longest what? fucking first season of all time, and they're each an hour long. I'm like, how did you... Like, uh, no wonder there were only four seasons, because there's like 15 in the first season. Yeah, even for a, like a CW-type show, like those usually... Uh, tap out at like 22 23 episodes so like yeah. 27 episodes they Jesus. loaded it up yeah but i i will say pretty much every episode is a winner so okay you know, put that in your it brings the goods bring... it. <laughs> uh do you have a synopsis for village of the damned i mean sort of but like okay. eh, you know uh as best i can so in the town sure. of mid mid which as we said at a certain point in the day, the entire town blacks out and passes out. And when they come to, all of the women are suddenly magically pregnant. Ooh. And they start to wonder what could possibly happen. And, of course, they all give birth at the same time on the same day. Mm-hmm. And all of the kids come out with uh, kind of very unique hair. And they have uh, powers of mind control to make their parents... Or other people in their way do horrible things to themselves or others. And it's up to Kirstie Alley and Christopher Reeve to find out why and how they can stop them before it's too late and the town explodes. Is the village yeah. really damned? Will they be damned? Will, will they be forever damned? Is this like a yes. temporary damned Can they thing? remove the dam? I, will the who dam can crack? Say? Can say. Was the village damned before this happened? Um, Was it? Is this a punishment for perhaps a curse put on them by a a witch that was put to death in 1872? I don't. I don't know. Could be. Maybe it's their way of telling us to buy American. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a commentary on adopting children from other countries? (gasps) Maybe. You know, it could be interesting. Maybe so. It's about our xenophobia. I think you're thinking of Orphan. <laughs> yes. Easter. Yeah, I mean, there's some, like, you know, typical fear of the other type thing, right? Yeah. Where these kids, I mean, they seem more evil in this version than they do in the original. Uh, I think they're a little more ambiguous in the original. Although they do, I think, still kill people. But um, they're kind of killing people left and right in this one. Pretty much anyone yeah. who, like, pisses them off. But, it's, oh, yeah. you know, you could argue it's, like, kind of a defense mechanism. You know, they they sense they're in danger and... That's why they kill most of these people. But you never really find out what their end goal is. Are they trying to, like, create a new civilization? Because, like, I don't, under- I don't understand. Yeah, and that's... In the original, That, that that's kind of the prevailing theory, is they, they think it's more probably an evolutionary thing where this new species has arrived, and that's why there's kind of the knee-jerk reaction of, like, we should probably destroy them because... If they rise up, like, they could overtake us in the meantime. Um, so, yeah, there's some... You could, Yeah, you could get into, like, the xenophobia of it a little bit there and just kind of fear of the other. In the original... Uh, but, like, the leader of the kids is his son as opposed to the daughter. I think it's his son. Oh. But anyway, it's a little boy as opposed to the daughter. So they, they gender-swapped that, and then they gender-swapped the Kirstie Alley role, if I recall. Mm. Um, so feminism, right? That's That, that was feminism yeah. in the 90s. We just, you know, <laughs> gender-swapped someone. 
Women can be evil too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which you know, we talked about this. Uh, is she evil? It, it's hard to read here. Um, the little girl, yes. Kirstie Alley is a very interesting character in this because you're, you're mm-hmm. never really quite sure where she's coming from. Like, is she some sort of an opportunist who's trying to exploit this? Like, what does she mean? Like, is she really mm-hmm. trying to help? Did did she kill the baby that apparently didn't survive? Right. Did it actually survive? And it's in a it's a mystery. Yeah. Like, who knows? Who and knows? She's, folks, she always has a cigarette in her hand in this entire yeah. movie. Like every scene you see her in, she has a cigarette. She's just smoking up a storm. It's like uh, I'm almost wondering if that was like a contractual obligation. Like I'll only do this if I can smoke in every. It scene. could be. Could be. I'm not sure if she's. Yeah, I could have seen this role going to like Kathy Moriarty or um, <gasps> Kathleen Turner or oh. or even Sigourney oh. Weaver. Right. Uh, that would be interesting. I'd be. Yeah. Especially Kathy Moriarty, just because she doesn't yeah. get enough love, and you know, just no, she's got that great smoker's voice too. Yeah, she always sounds like she's been uh, smoking a smoking up a storm. Like, like, what the fuck is wrong with these kids? Come on, like that'd be great. I, she's I in Casper, in right? Yes. Yeah, that was the that's first time of the I role ever saw I her. Yeah. Actually, they're kind of dressed the same. I think in that movie, they kind of have the same like stylist. I think. I think this was the same yeah. year too, right? 95? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And they're also universal, so maybe they were shot at the same time and they just like traded the wardrobes. That it like, could well, be. Kathy's gonna wear that one on Tuesday, so Kirsty <laughs> wear gonna... this one, and then we're gonna switch. <laughs> Backlot um, stories from Universal. Kirsty was, let's see, mainly known for Cheers at this point, and at I guess point, uh, Cheers, I, talking. Did yeah, that was a big, big hit. Uh, yeah. I I don't know if she'd started Veronica's Closet yet. That was big for like a second, right? Yeah, but she was a pretty household name by this point. I feel like yeah, um, and of course you get Christopher Reeve, who mm-hmm. uh, this was Superman. his last major film role. Yeah, um, Superman himself once again does not get a lot to do in the movie, but he is not sort really, of the. Yeah. Uh, moral center of the film, which makes sense for mm-hmm. this, I think, good casting there, right? As the Superman oh, yeah. type yeah. person. And then uh, Mark Hamill, who gets nothing to do in this movie, <laughs> but he's just very underused in this movie. I'm like, you, you, why uh, Why even cast Mark Hamill? Like, if you're not going to use him in anything. Uh, yeah, I think he has like four lines. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, it's like, what happened to the baby? Right. What did you that's do with it. the baby? It's like, what? <laughs> oh, okay, that's what you're going to use him for. All right, sure. Yeah. Did you know that the little boy David is Thomas Decker? I did find that out. Yeah, which that's is interesting. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's adorable. Oh, and then the... there's um a Buck Flower as the handyman who is in literally every low budget horror film ever made. So yeah, cool. that's like a fun little Easter egg there. Oh, I th- I think he was in The Fog too. You know the, the the other lead female character Jill McGowan, who's I guess a school principal. Um, she's played by Linda Kozlowski, who I'm not seeing a ton on her resume here. She was in Crocodile Dundee. I guess that was a oh. big thing. Some Broadway credits. Uh, she looks very familiar, but um, yeah, she has a very not seeing a ton face. on her. Yeah, and uh, then Michael Pare as her late husband, who has that unfortunate accident. Oh, yeah, that's really sad. Um, yeah. Uh we yeah, have some some fairly big names in here, and uh, I just, I wish they got more to do, but I, I it's nice to see their faces anyway, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 an ensemble film, so it's yeah. like you know they try to 
delegate things as much as they can, but it's just not really like some char- characters kind of get the short end of the stick, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's bound to happen. It yeah, these these things do happen, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we open in the quiet coastal town, like you said, of Midwich, and you know that where at the stroke of 10 a.m. the whole town just mysteriously passes out during this um, uh, harvest festival, I guess, they have going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susan Varner arrives. Dr. Susan Verner. Verner or Varner? I don't know. Let's call her uh, Dr. Verner, Susan. I, there we because go. She, because she says, my name is Verner. It's it's like Turner, but with a V. And I'm like, that's right. not right. Yeah. That doesn't make sense, Dr. I have some questions about that. Like, I doubt yeah, let your, me see your credentials. <laughs> Show me your license. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I like one of her first lines is, can somebody please get me some blood and urine samples? Oh, I love that. <laughs> I was like, been there. Just yeah. <laughs> Friday night over here. I mean, man. It's like, Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's sad because um, most people are fine seemingly after this uh, blackout. That goes from 10 a.m. to like 4 p.m. I think, but then a couple people uh, do not make it because one guy was like grilling some hot hot dogs and he just gets completely oh fried. That's okay. So when that scene came on, I hate to admit, I I did laugh because <laughs> because it just comes out of nowhere and one of the women stands up and like dusts her herself off and then just turns and screams and i'm like what the fuck is she screaming at and then it's just like this <laughs> shot cut of this guy like that's just burnt alive to a crisp just it's like ridiculous smoking and stuff i'm like this is just so goofy and that's oh. when i knew this film had my heart it must have been love yeah <laughs> <laughs> when they grilled the hot dog man yeah and unfortunately jill's husband um does not make it either he does not. And his death is particularly unfortunate because he swerves out of the way to avoid this, like, truck, right? But then mm-hmm. passes out immediately after and still ends up crashing and uh, the, the whole truck explodes. Oh, it's so sad. Because he seems yeah. so nice. He did. For that two seconds that we knew him, he seemed yeah. like a good guy. <laughs> yeah, they do a good job of really making you like him. And then, like, he's dead within the first, like, five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Alas, alas. The the music score is really interesting in this. It's another Carpenter score. It has some, like, kind of Nightmare on Elm Street vibes at times with the, like, yeah, do, 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 Just every once in a while, yeah. I get that, like, vibe. Yeah. I could hear that, yeah. Yeah. It's a very Carpenter score. Um, his scores always date these films uh, because you don't hear <gasps> these scores that much in, like, the mid-90s unless you're watching a Carpenter film and it uh well that's because true, i watched but yeah i don't know i just because i really like his scores a lot i love them i like them but to me they feel like very like dated like not in a bad way just like they set like they're very distinctive of him and like the 80s well, yeah. like i like mean, i watch at this time yeah it would be weird i i guess if it was like a, if you were walking into this in 1995 and everything else is like these these big like you know jerry goldsmith kind of scores and then you walk in and it's just dum, 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 dum. yeah it's like, exactly, yeah i mean exactly i can see that um but like now they're kind of having like a like a like a return in, in a way and i'm kind of into it like 
Cause yeah, I, I don't know where scores creepy. are at today. It's so, like, moody. Um, and I like it, yeah. It, but it's it's hard to, like, put your finger on, like, you know. For a while, it was a lot of synth stuff again. Um, yeah. Like, it, it Follows has a lot of synthy mm-hmm. stuff in the score. Um, yeah. But, yeah. It's a great score. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, you know, we discover that ten women are mysteriously pregnant, including a virgin girl and a married woman who hasn't been sexually active, so... What the yeah. fuck happened? Sounds like a job for Mari. Oh my god, what if they <laughs> What if they did that? <laughs> like what if it was just like it was like they all find out they're pregnant and it just c- cuts to black and then when it com- comes back it's like today it was... on Mari and they're all on there. <laughs> yeah, I would not be surprised because New Nightmare kind of did that where like they have her on the talk show and Yeah. Um... I mean, maybe if they had done that, then critics wouldn't have complained that it wasn't up with the times. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you Should go. Have thought about I just that, Mr. fixed Carpenter. your movie, John Carpenter. It's, yeah. Broadened into the 90s. So the, the townspeople gather in this big town hall to discuss their outrage. And that's where Dr. <laughs> Susan arrives. And she's like... Well, you know, everyone, the the government is prepared to offer you a sizable sum if you have these babies. And they're like, okay, well, that sounds fine. Yeah, but then she is also like, but you have a choice to terminate the pregnancies. And there's this one one guy that's like, that's killing babies. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm like, is this going to go in like a a pro-choice way? And then they never bring that up again. That's the thing. That's the the extent of it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this could have been fun if. If it, because really, this movie is kind of like a pro-choice film. Like, if they just aborted the babies, like, this wouldn't have happened. Um, and, see, this is why I don't think Kirstie Alley's a bad person, because she says, like, hey, like, if you don't want to do this, just abort them. So she's yeah. actually been like, okay, here's your other option. You know, it's perfectly acceptable. That's and true. nobody takes it. <laughs> and that's why they're all damned. Yeah, <laughs> damn hell. of the anti-choicers is what this is. It's fascinating because, like, I always associate this more as, like, a satanic-type thing, even though it is aliens. Because, again, they're calling it damned. And, like, when I think damned, oh, I yeah. think, like, Satan and stuff. But I guess it's just damned yeah. as in, like, anything that's different, you know, is... I guess um, so, yeah. ...evil or whatever. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, she gives them the option, and nobody takes it. Um, so that's kind of on them. And there's this possibility, too, that, like whatever they have growing inside of them is making them, you know, really uh, attached to, in a supernatural way, like beyond normal um, motherhood. That's but, true. Yeah. But who that, can say? That who is true. Say? But it's weird because, like, all of the all of the dads kind of perk up when they hear that they're going to get the money. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Because men <laughs> are like, all oh. about the money, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, we, we didn't want to have these kids, but now that we're getting this money and if we have twins we get double the money oh, we're gonna do this we're gonna have these damn kids we're gonna have i guess i could raise the, that little aryan child yeah. right <laughs> yeah. gonna raise these little nazis upright <gasps> that's what this is it's about nazis it could be <gasps> because they're because they look like little aryan kids look they at that. look like it's, yeah it's about unfeeling nazis yeah that maybe the because one that has empathy you know a John Carpenter is a very smart guy, and he does put a lot of political stuff in his films, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they live, you know, I mean, my God. And so maybe that's what this is about. Maybe it's about, like, you know, like, trying to keep your humanity 
and being more like David, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why he added that little wrinkle. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, in the original, they're all just shit kids for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're all assholes. Yeah. And uh, there's the implication, too, that David had uh, his partner, because all the, all the kids are paired up, right? And his partner mm-hmm. was going to be the one that died. Um, right. However, the baby died. We don't know. Um, I'm not sure. And that's, yeah, that's kind of an interesting thing because it brings up the idea of, like, uh, the other kids are pretty much happy enough just to have their partners. Um, but because he doesn't have a partner, he has this giant, like, hole in his life. And that kind of opens him up to um, empathy um, from other people, which is kind of a fascinating thing um, that, like, trauma can open you up, actually, to uh, needing to find love elsewhere from where like you, know, you would expect it. So that's kind I of like that. See, this is how this can also be read as a queer film because perhaps David is the one who who does not who kind of is the one who's not clicking with the rest of the group. And yeah. that's why he feels things so deeply. And That's yeah. Yeah, so he could be like the little gay kid that's just like <laughs> Plus, it's Thomas Decker, right? So, (laughs) so like maybe I'm reading into that because we know Thomas Decker's gay, but I don't know. No, yeah, that's that's legitimate. Um, (laughs) At the time, I doubt like he just came in and they and they're like, "That's the kid. He seems like he's going to be a gay. We're going to get him." (laughs) I don't think that's what they were thinking, but (laughs) that kid looks good and gay. We're going to get him. (laughs) (laughs) Linda, get his agent on the phone. He looks plenty gay for us. That is one flaming child. <laughs> it's the 90s, so we got to swap up these gay ones when we got them, yeah? <laughs> Tu Wong Fu was just a big hit, so we got to keep keep it up here, folks. And the birdcage? Oh. <laughs> what we don't have is gay children on television. <laughs> <laughs> if only. If only. Yeah. Um, so this is where we started into the weird, like, time jumps. Because there's like, oh yeah, for, there's one one, there's one one one, there's one time jump uh, <laughs> where we see the babies are suddenly being born in the local barn. It's like how much time has passed? Who knows? Yeah. And also, why aren't they in a hospital? <laughs> Just a local yeah. barn. I guess that's a safer place or something. I don't know. Who knows? I was like, can you spring for something a little more s- sterile? Like, I yeah, don't really have to step over like a bunch of horse crap to like deliver a baby. You know, it doesn't seem right. like a good idea. And also, apparently, Dr. Susan is an obstetrician as well as um, whatever she is. Uh, What a renaissance woman. I mean, really. She wears many hats. Good for her. I mean, God, where's her sitcom? She's a star. Women in the 90s can do anything. (laughs) They can do everything. They can be good, evil, obstetricians, scientists. Scientists. (laughs) They can do it all, folks. Advocates for smoking. I don't know. she, She does everything. Nuclear physit- physicist, like I think Denise Richards was in the James Bond movie. I don't oh, know. Right, yeah. <laughs> they can do it all. Right, they can. Oh, um, it's empowering. Yeah, and, and she runs off with one of the babies that purportedly died. We don't know. And then says that it, <laughs> it, it died uh, just while, during childbirth or whatever. Um, I kind of thought there was going to be like a twist where it turns out like she like st- stole it and has been like raising it as her own for all these years. <laughs> Wouldn't that <laughs> be great? Gonna, that would be so much fun. 
she's like a crazy lady. Who's like, like I want a baby, but no man will have sex with me because I'm too busy with my multiple careers. So I'm gonna <laughs> steal gonna a baby. Steal one. <laughs> That's the They're reboot. Intimidated by me. <laughs> so the reboot of the reboot that that I want to see. <laughs> I'm writing it right now as we speak. Perfect, uh, perfect. And then another time jump, and mm-hmm. Doctor Shafey's Shafe Shafe. I still know how to say his name. Um, his baby Mara is like forcing his wife to put her arm in boiling water, which is actually in the oh. '60s version too. Uh, it's pretty oh, nasty. Really? And if that wasn't bad enough, then she coerces the mom to commit suicide by jumping off a cliff. Oh, it's awful. It's so sad. Although it is kind of cute when it just, like, cuts to the baby and the baby just kind of nods, like, yeah, go ahead, jump off the cliff. <laughs> well, there's one, there, there's one scene, I think it's, like, right after Christopher Reeve has found her, where it, like, pans to the trees, and then there's, like, a weird, like, split-screen cross-dissolve to the baby's face. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, I don't think we needed that. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that was laugh. a choice. I was like, what? It's like, was the audience not getting that this was the work of the demon baby or whatever? Like, I'm, uh-huh. I'm like, like, do we need it spelled out? It was just like a right. weird, <laughs> it's just like, it just, her, her face just like shows up in the trees. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is this? <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, that, that, that whole scene's a little strange. Um, and we didn't get to know the wife very well either. We um, don't. She seems nice though, so I was kind of bummed. Uh, there's more cut. time jumps. I'm not sure, like, how far it goes. Like, is this, like, ten years later? Like, what? what is this? I don't know. It's hard to tell, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you don't know, are these kids aging at an accelerated speed or not? Right. Um, in the original, it was accelerated. But in this one, yeah, they don't really say. Which is, yeah, I think it's kind of yeah. one of my issues with the film in general. That it, the, the time jumps are a little odd. And I think it takes yeah. quite a while to get through a lot of this exposition um, mm-hmm. because like most of us came here to see these little kids causing havoc and yeah. it's a good like 30, 40 minutes into the film before they finally are old enough to start doing that, yeah, which like I don't know. title card would have helped. Like, you know, yeah, just a title card, late, something that tells later, us like how long has know, passed, you know, 10 years later. Yeah. That would have helped. It yeah. wouldn't have taken much. I don't know. No, <laughs> here's that like great scene of like Kirstie just like sitting in this dark, mysterious room with like the world leaders or something. <laughs> Yeah, and they're like, like where discussing this the situation. Place? Like a cave, some yeah, <laughs> somewhere. Like what the fuck? Like this is like there's no lighting at all. Con- conference room. Yeah, it's like is this the conference room in hell? Like what? What is this? Yeah, Weird. because she has like three theories about these kids, and like the first one, she says like, what is it? Parthenogenesis, and that's the development of a fetus without fertilization. So like <laughs> Christ, basically. Yeah. And then the second one is. The CIA has, like, artificially inseminated young women with super sperm, is what she says. My God, that is and, so much um, work. Yeah, and then the third one, which is proven to probably be true, is that some kind of, like, e- implantation, uh, the product of offspring unlike that of the parent being implanted into the parent. And we learn that there are other colonies of these kids around the world, which you don't hear much about, but I guess they have been born and have caused a lot of issues, um... And in many cases, the the townspeople have turned on them as well, um, mm-hmm. or they've had to, like, nuke the whole city, I guess. Um, exactly. So, like, you know, things probably aren't going to end well for the town. <laughs> no, things point. are not going to go well here. <laughs> and the kids, you can tell that they pick, on, uh, pick up pretty quickly that the town doesn't really like them because they spend most of their time in this local barn away from everybody else. 
And for the most part, they, like, stay out of um, trouble. But, like, anytime an, any adult, like, even remotely, like, uh, you know, pisses them off, then they go fucking crazy. But then there's there's that one scene where Meredith Salinger's character, the uh, virgin, she's become really depressed. So she's drinking in a graveyard because that's what you do when you're depressed. You start drinking in a graveyard. Yeah, that's the scene where David, like, is shown to have more empathy because he's, like, mm-hmm. he feels for this woman that is yeah. having these emotions. and Exactly. Um, I, yeah, I'm trying to think how many deaths are in this film. You know, they, they kill... I know they killed the janitor at one point, and mm-hmm. um, his is fun. That's because they make him go on the roof, right? Yeah, and, and then, then jump he off. Jumps down <laughs> with his with his broom, so I guess it's gonna go through him. But right, right through him, yeah. Like like I said, this is basically PG thirteen, so we don't really see yeah. that. Yeah, so it's kind of like why bother with that if you're not gonna see it, you know? And then there's the, the weird death with like the optometrist where. I guess she just oh, puts too yeah. too much like uh, eye drops in her eyes. Like I, I don't understand yeah. that. I guess I guess that's acidic yeah, or something. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure if she died though. I think she, I think they're 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 just like yeah, she's probably gonna like go blind. That's true. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if she's dead, but um, I'm sure she wishes she was. <laughs> yeah, not a good day to be an optometrist. Yeah. Not a good day. That must really suck to lose your sight as an optometrist. Like that's yeah. pretty bad. That's gonna yeah. suck. And then of course. Mark Hamill, in one of his, like, few moments, decides he's going to take the Lord's will into his hands, I guess, and kill these kids with a um, sniper rifle. It does not go well. It does not go well for Mark. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Mark. Because what happens to him? I'm trying to remember. Shit. I mean, too. I, 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 sh- I think he shoots himself. I think they make him shoot Does, himself. Oh, and it cuts away before we see it, I guess. Yeah. Maybe that's why. I can't remember. Yeah, because the deaths just, like, I don't know. They're not super memorable. Um, well, like, then his wife, like, sets herself on fire with, like, a with like a torch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, because, yeah. That one's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah, and then, like, an- another guy, like, crashes a car into, like, a big oil tank and explodes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of deaths just, like, it's really fun. quick. Um, yeah, it's very, very quick. But then um, Kirsty gets a pretty nasty one but we don't she, really see it though she does it's a it's a really strange death to watch because yeah. there's not like a lot of tension it's just kind of like she just takes yeah. the scalpel and slowly starts cutting herself like okay yeah it's really weird yeah it's very mundane and i kind of like it yeah. but it's also uh, yeah just really weird yeah I'm yeah kind of into it and but yeah. then it's like i don't this is an odd film but I really, it is. I do quite enjoy this. I can't lie. And it's like she's only wearing that like pull up zipper thing for that scene. Like yeah. you never see her wear anything right. like that elsewhere. But yeah. it, for that scene, it it like helps keep the blood from being seen or anything. So I guess so. I guess. Yeah. Who knows? What? Who knows? It's just it's very weird. Like I don't know if like maybe the studio was like, hey, you can't really show in any blood because it's the nineties and we don't do blood yeah. in the nineties. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not sure what happened with this. I don't know if it was an MPAA thing or if they always planned it to be like this. And then they were just like, well, we were trying to get a PG, but it turns out it's actually R. So I guess we'll just take the R. I don't know. It's just weird. It is. Yeah. There's not a I lot in this that would justify an R rating. Like, I, yeah, like I you said, I can't really think of anything that. Uh, yeah. It's like, I guess maybe the guy like at the barbecue. That's kind of grisly but it's not really yeah like, gore it's just yeah 
uh, yeah, so the kids end up just kind of holding themselves up in the barn and uh, taking classes from Christopher Reeve, I guess, who is like the moral center again of the film. Right. And he has that great moment where he's like confronting them. It's like, you should feel something without your feelings. You're nothing. You're the second rate mimics of a human, of a higher organism. And it's just, it's very Superman-esque. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but like at this point, like in the world, I was like, we could use him. I think I was like, yeah, yeah. some people need to wake up. Like, <laughs> right. It's like, normally I'd probably laugh at this, but I, I was like, you're right, Christopher Reeve. <laughs> you are so right. Yeah, and then we talked about the kids. They ambush Dr. Susan, um, and she does not make it. Sad, sad, sad. Meanwhile, a town mob has descended upon this barn, along with a bunch of cops, I guess. And mm-hmm. it just turns into kind of a bloodbath, but like a bloodless bloodbath. But um, Yeah, it's like people get shot, but there's really not any blood. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, once again, that choice makes me think, like, what what were you eight? aiming for here like clearly not an r because there's yeah. not really any blood just, maybe weird. it was like to respect the original because the original doesn't really have that much but at maybe. the same time yeah. like I, yeah it's yeah, just a strange Carpenter option was trying to be more classy he was trying to be more yeah it could be you know. it's i don't know because he doesn't yeah like i say he doesn't do but a lot again, to update like, this but i don't know Carpenter's never really been one for a lot of gore like now that i'm thinking about it like halloween the fog yeah. Even like a, a, a escape from New York and stuff like it's they're not really heavy on gore. True. Like when I'm yeah. thinking about it, I don't know why I've never thought about it, but he really doesn't use gore a lot. Yeah, I guess that's true. So um, maybe it's, in the Math of Madness it's, doesn't it's, have it's much either. Own. It's pretty. No. Yeah. Yeah. That maybe hmm. that's just his thing. Could be. He's yeah. a he's he's a classy fella. He is. Uh, so Alan has just reached his like end point, and he's decided that. Uh, he has, he needs to like detonate a bomb and kill these kids and just get them out of get them out of the way. Also, I was uh, I just was thinking there. like, are there any other children in this town? I feel like we only see these kids. That, yeah, that's weird. That's very strange. Huh. Like, did they kill all the other kids? At Maybe some point? We just didn't get to see it because of the time jumps. <laughs> yeah, because of these <laughs> obscure time jumps. A lot happened in this town. We just never got to see it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, like, where are the other kids, if there are know. any? Yeah. It's like, did having these babies make it to where, like, they could never conceive again? Like, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, maybe the whole town is, like, sterile. I don't know. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who can mm, say? Interesting. Maybe can... it sterilized all the men while impregnating all the women. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting Layers. Layers. Look at that. I'm coming up with <laughs> theories i got my little tinfoil hat on <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing the conspiracy theories today popping out my maga hat which i do not own but <laughs> i bet it was 5g man i oh, bet it God. was the 5g that came and impregnated all the women i bet it was bill gates <laughs> windows 95 did this <laughs> It was one of those floppy disks, man. <laughs> hey, uh, you ever you ever right clicked? <laughs> <laughs> Folks, if you get bored, go watch. There's this like 30 minute video that Matthew Perry and um, Jennifer Aniston did for Windows 95. And it is amazing. Even just some of the clips are fantastic. <laughs> go look them up on YouTube. It is just such a great little time capsule. And it's from the same yeah. year that we're talking about right now. So. I did not know this was a thing until you told me, and it's uh, great. It, it is it is worth a watch. Let me tell you, yes. it is worth it. 
Because it's like there's that one scene in the classroom, but and and the only kids in there are those kids. I'm like, certainly someone had to have had another kid. It's like, how small is this town? Like, are there only yeah. twenty people in the town? Yeah, it's just it's odd. Yeah, where are the I, other kids? Yeah, I don't know. I think it was because... shot in the same place that the fog was shot. I think I read that. It um, does have a similar vibe. Yeah, kind of a seaside. It doesn't play up the seaside aspect as much but no. you can still get that vibe anyway yeah huh um, that's yeah that's gonna bug me now so maybe the town is still cursed from from that whole ordeal mm-hmm, maybe so who knows who knows only the aliens um, that did this in the first place maybe show us the birth certificates <laughs> <laughs> obama was born in kenya <laughs> Benghazi! <laughs> Are we Village of the Damned Birthers? <laughs> Could be. Yeah, early 90s, a lot of conspiracy theories, and uh, we're kind of back to that right now. Oh, but, boy, um, are we. Yeah. Yeah, so you get to the kind of climax where <laughs> this whole scene where oh, he has God. just decided that he has to picture this brick wall. Uh, in order oh. to stop them, which I believe is in the original as well, but it's a lot more hokey now. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it's just this whole drawn-out scene where the kids try to strip away all the bricks from the wall, right? And figure out oh, what yeah. he's trying to think. But they can't because he's built up such a strong wall. It's just, it's a, that's a hefty wall there you got. It's impenetrable. Mm-hmm. Um, except, I mean, they, they, they do kind of get a few little cracks in at the bricks. Yeah, they start to break them um, apart there. Because, um, you know, the effects really aren't that bad in the film until no. this last scene where yeah. <laughs> I think her name is, 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 is her name Mara? Is that Mara, like yeah. the, the lead kid's name? Yeah, she, I think so, yeah. Um, her eyes glow, but um, then all of a sudden her entire face just starts to like morph into like a, like a video game character. I don't know what yeah. she's supposed to be. If that's like her true self or whatever, but none of the mm-hmm. other kids do that, and so she turns into that while she's trying to crack this wall, and then she discovers what he's hiding behind the wall is the fact that he has a bomb that's oh. gonna go off, dun, and dun, dun. she realizes it right as it's about to go off, and then the the mom of David manages to get him out of there and they escape to safety while the mm-hmm. entire barn explodes killing all the kids we can assume i guess yeah it, you know this movie doesn't like set up a sequel which is kind of almost refreshing in in a way it's like yeah this is done <laughs> like yeah that's all we are that's done all they're this. dead um, i mean <laughs> david's still him. out there but um yeah. otherwise but he it's... seems like a good dude although i was thinking and i'm so glad they didn't do this but there's that scene at the end where they're in the car and it just it, it moves to him and, and he's just looking out the window. And I was like, if they make his eyes glow right now, <laughs> so fucking help me, God. And I'm so no. glad they resisted the urge to just not do that because I've seen me that too. so many times. I'm like, just no. <laughs> it's kind of a like Linda don't Hamilton Terminator Terminator 2 scene at the end where, where yeah. um, she's like, don't worry, David, we'll go somewhere where nobody knows who we are. So yeah, there is this like thought of like maybe something could happen down the road, but for now they've yeah. they've uh, averted disaster and got out of this got out of dodge. 
I mean, should there be a sequel? Like, don't you think there should be a twenty-five year later sequel? I feel like it's time. It's it's time. It's time. It's time for a sequel. Thomas Decker still alive, you know? Yeah. Let's bring him back. Yeah. Why not? I can think of worse things to 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 see. Yeah. Why not? They're rebooting a lot of '90s movies, so why not? We do a sequel yeah, for this. I mean, Why not? I mean, I think only five of us will watch it. I, I, you know what? I'll enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> We're a quality five. Yeah. Oh, uh, I I just found this in my notes, but like the, the scene where um Jill is like, she finds the burnt uh corpse and she goes up to it. And this corpse is completely decimated, except for the purse. Oh, right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And she just grabs his purse and pulls out the keys. I'm like, how did this purse survive while this corpse I mean, is just completely destroyed? Like, who made that purse? I think yeah. people have the right to know. That's a quality yeah. purse. Flame retardant Prada there or something. Yeah, I know. That's mm. that's that's good merchandise there. It is. Yeah. This movie, yeah. Um, I, I think I loved it. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I really like it, you know? And it's... People just don't talk about it. Like, that's the thing. Like, people don't usually... I rarely no. hear it talked about, even amongst his filmography. And I don't know why, yeah. because the really bad ones, I feel like people talk about even more. And I think that's why it's such... It's kind of a middle-of-the-road film for him. And, um... I guess gets... so, yeah. I I I've, I was always told it was, like, terrible. And I should never hmm. watch it. It was okay, so bad. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just put that one off until I've got nothing better to do. Yeah. Um, and it, here comes 2020, and uh, so I really have nothing better to do than watch this. So um, I, I I don't understand because I think it's pre- pretty fun. I don't shit. There, I mean, I think there is something to this the kind of queer angle that you mentioned because most queer people I've talked to like this movie. Um, really, and yet the straight people seem to throw it aside more. So I, I, there's must be something there, and I, I think part of it mm. is just the whole like melodramatic aspect of everything and. Everything being played so straight, even though it's ridiculous, and then the other thing, and yeah, with the yeah, demonic I, kids, yeah. I feel like this is one of those movies that people would complain about because it's because it's 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 not scary. It's like yeah, I true. didn't jump once in this entire movie. This movie's not scary. Yeah, it's like, but it, horror movies don't have to be like scary, scary. They can just be interesting. Like they don't have to be terrifying. You know, that's true. Yeah, and it has a lot of the Body Snatchers vibes, like the Paranoia vibes, mm-hmm. which um, don't seem to do very well, as we talked about during Body Snatchers Month. Like, yeah, What is up with that? I still don't, I don't get know. it. That's so rude. Really underrated, folks. Um, it is. I, I, I can firmly say that now. This is underrated, and mm-hmm. you people should just step up to the plate and recognize it. Yeah, this, but, this yeah, might be like one of his last like pretty good films. I was trying to think like, well... yeah. I, I guess know. well yeah what happened after this vampires, vampires that was is pretty good, okay but... yeah um ghost from um, mars i haven't seen but i've heard it's horrible yeah i still have never seen that one either um and then the ward yeah. I, well he did like the masters of horror he did like two two of those oh that's um, right yeah yeah but i would say this yeah, is like one of his last yeah. like pretty solid efforts um it's pretty good I mean, I personally, I love In the Mouth of Madness. I think it's super underrated. I do, too. That movie's fantastic. That is a mood of a movie. I love it. Yeah, just well-made. You know, he doesn't do a lot of, like, he doesn't fiddle with a lot, but I think that was just his approach with this. He was like, you know, the the original is pretty good, so I'm just going to kind of reboot it for a new audience and maybe uh, change a couple little things here, gender flip a few roles. Um, 
but yeah, it's, you know, you didn't have to reinvent the wheel and there's something to be said about that as well too, you know? Yeah. I quite enjoyed it. Well, we got one more film left. <laughs> we and, do. Uh, we sure do. Um, although I'm having doubts about said film, but we, <laughs> we I am will, too. Yeah. Look, I am too. I'm we'll think willing about it. to get through it again because it, it has been a while, but it might be my new favorite movie. Who knows? <laughs> And it's hard, too, because, and not to spoil anything, but, like, I think we both really like the original version of this film, too. Yeah. Um, it didn't really need a remake. Yeah. Yes. And I think those are harder sometimes when the original is, like, yeah. a perfect film. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, with this, I I mean, I hadn't seen Village of the Damned until recently. And I know you haven't seen it. So it's, like, we, we didn't have really an attachment to it. So we could just appreciate this for what it was. Um, exactly. But, yeah, uh, this last one is... Um, a little bit of a doozy, but uh, it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. So, do we have any overlooked gems this week, Christopher? Yes, uh, I, mine is Paper House, which is a film by uh, Bernard Rose, who made Candyman, mm-hmm. and he made this. I think it was eighty-eight. I believe it's a British film. Cool. And it's about a girl who gets very, very sick and starts to draw these pictures of this of this house. And she goes to sleep at night and dreams of the house. So she thinks, hey, well, maybe if I draw this kid in the window, I'll have a friend to play with. And she does. And it turns out that when she dreams that night, she has a new friend. And um, they develop this, like, friendship. And then she discovers that this is a real kid who's also being um, looked after by the same doctor. And it's this really sweet movie where they have this friendship, and then um, she makes the mistake of drawing her estranged father in there, and um, stuff starts getting really creepy. And it's 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 hard to describe, but it's 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 like a very sort of nightmarish movie, but it's got a lot of heart. It's like a Nightmare on Elm Street meets My Girl. I could say like, that's kind of what <laughs> that's I quite a pairing there. It. It's it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Tonight at the drive-in. Yeah. <laughs> Double feature. My girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but somehow it actually works. Um, and it sort of makes me cry too. So it's kind of a tear jerker too. I think it's on Amazon right, right now, but it's never been released on DVD or Blu-ray in the States for some ungodly reason. And I am so mad about it. Huh? Um, so that is one that is, MIA on Blu-ray and it needs to come out. Yeah. Justice. Justice for Paper House. I'm going to check that one out. I have not seen that. It sounds right up my alley. Nice. It's really good. Uh, Mine is... What is mine? Do I have one? Yes, I have one. (laughs) Mine is The the Reflecting Skin from 1990. (laughs) I've been wanting to see that. I've never seen it. It's super good. I just watched it for the first time like within the past couple of weeks. It's not like a straight out horror film. It's more like horror drama surrealist uh i wouldn't say dark fantasy but kind of that vibe anyway uh very melodramatic very over the top um there's like alleged vampires but that's up in the air and there's like exploding frogs and like ossified fetuses and greasers from hell and there's some queer characters it's just it's all over the place but it it's one of those movies as i was watching i wasn't like I, i didn't know what to make of it but then like 24 hours, I was like, that was amazing. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that rarely happens for me. Usually, like, my first impression is what sits in. But 
right. but there's something about it. And you get to see Vigo Mortensen's bare ass, so that's a plus, Woo-hoo! right? Well, then I think you can see that in like every film he's done. That's true. That's true. He loves he's, to get naked, and I don't. He mind. does. He does, and he's super, do super hot mind. in this too. This is like pretty young Viggo Mortensen. It's like early nineties, um, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And yeah. Uh, if you don't know what this film is about, folks, it's a young boy. He tries to cope with rural life in the nineteen fifties, and he has these like fantasies. Fantasies. Um. Uh, yeah, he fantasizes real life events and kind of sees them in through his own lens so you never know like what is real and what's not real and um there's the horror stuff isn't super intense but like when it hits it hits pretty hard uh so that's why i can understand why this film doesn't often come up a lot for like in horror conversations because like arguably is it a horror film i think so but again it's a different kind of horror than i think people are used to so um, but I really but liked it. But it's not scary, Kevin. I know. I know. I didn't jump or pee in my pants once. Aw. I want to watch Paranormal Activity 3. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe we only have one more film left. This is crazy. This is so in this bizarre. month. Because there are so yeah. many other remakes that we're not going to get to, but yeah. uh, they're we, out there, we, folks. We might do, like, Remakes or Us 2.0 at some point. We could, There yeah. are, like, 50,000 of these. There are a lot of them, and I know we were talking about, like, overlooked sequels at some point, too, because there's so many oh, good yeah. ones of those. And this was kind of mm. nice because it gave us some leeway in terms of, like, like we covered a slasher, and then we covered, like, a weird mm. one like this, and, um, yeah. uh, like, a home invasion um, film. So it, it gave us a lot more options, which was kind of nice. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we'll see y'all next week. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media, of course, at Homos on Haunted Hill on Instagram and on Facebook and Twitter at H-O-H-H Podcast. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook if you feel like it. Um, that'd be great. We like we love hearing from people. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for all the support, as always. This and- is brought to you by viewers like you. Or- <laughs> yes listeners like you or whatever <laughs> yeah uh, viewer <laughs> listener i don't know <laughs> whatever you're doing <laughs> um yeah and you know you gotta tune in next week because we will tell you what we're gonna cover in september and it's a good one i'll tell you that oh i'm kind of excited i'm, I'm real excited gonna it's gonna be great I'm super hyped <laughs> <laughs> okay uh yeah we'll see you next week goodbye goodbye